Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Uh, another story that we, we we knew this would happen, right? We talked about this earlier this week. Russia, there was a deal in place, as you know, and and it, what it was was the ports in the Black Sea they would be permitted to continue to export wheat, grains, uh, sunflower oil, all this sort of stuff. Those would continue to be allowed safe passage through the Black Sea, even as the war in Ukraine went on. Russia had signed the agreement brokered by Turkey with the UN, and and everything was in place and had been for about a year. Uh, but it's now over. Russia has pulled out of it as of earlier this week. And in fact, today, as of today, they sent out a warning saying any ships passing through the Black Sea will be seen as legitimate military targets. So that's it. You won't see grain coming out of Ukraine. In response, grain prices have taken off drastically. U.S. wheat features uh, futures up eight and a half percent yesterday, 8.2 percent in Europe. So has to be expected, right? Um, it's kind of where does that take us? Because we've seen some positive news in some areas. Inflation numbers this week under 3% in Canada, 2.8%. Back to that target range where it's supposed to be food prices, though, not even close. 9.1% remaining stubbornly high. And then you throw in this situation in Ukraine on top of it. Uh, that's definitely not going to help when it comes to food costs. So where are we going from here? Let's speak with Matthias Markoulis, who's an associate professor of food systems at the University of British Columbia. Matthias, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Thank you for inviting me, Shay. It's great to be here with your listeners. Lots of things to get into here. Let's start just first of all with what's happening domestically, what's happening in our country, because it's frustrating. I mean, you see these inflationary numbers coming down, generally speaking, general inflation down to 2.8%, but food not budging one bit. It's 9.1%. So what's going on? Well, Shay, this this is a global phenomenon, right? And this has been happening for, for a couple of years now. It's been accelerating for some time, but sort of COVID was... Uh, uh, we all really noticed it then, and, and, it, and it's been um, hard for, I think, Canadians, but also the whole world to get used to what we call this new normal of, of really high food prices. What, when we take a look at it and, and what's happening, I mean, is it the same consistent factors that we've heard supply chain issues? Um, we've heard all kinds. Is it always the same thing or do different factors come into play and, and does that equation change over time? Exactly. It's the latter. So, um, it seems like every year we're hit by a different combination of factors. Sometimes it's supply chain, like you mentioned. Sometimes it's a drought here, a collapse there, um, other kinds of problems. Sometimes it's, you know, the cost of fuel, right? The, mm. One of the big costs behind your food price is the cost of energy, right? You got to ship all that food. You got to process it. So energy prices go up. Uh, food prices follow. So we've had this double whammy of high energy prices, high food prices, and, and it's a and it's a real global phenomenon. You know, we talk about nine percent in Canada, and that's relatively high, but that's you know com compared to the rest of the world, that's pretty low. Some countries have been facing forty, fifty percent extreme cases, like two hundred percent. So this is a real 
Uh, we're living in a moment where we really can't take uh, cheap food for granted anymore. What about weather, Matias? We've got issues in Alberta. We know that. We've spoken with producers who are having a really hard time feeding cattle. We know that some crops have been affected. But like you say, globally, you take a look around. Weather's been nuts this summer. From It doesn't matter what country you look in. What kind of an impact might that have on the cost of food? Well, you know, luckily this year, um, we're, we're due for some much larger uh, than expected harvest, particularly coming out of North America on average and parts of uh, in, the, in, in, in developed countries as well. So one of the things that's actually going to buffer the effects of this, uh, the end of this grain deal between uh, Russia and Ukraine and, and the UN is the fact that um, the numbers are looking pretty good globally, which will sort of help to make up for that shortfall. And that should sort of help calm markets, you know, create more certainty about global food supply. Uh, it's not going to address the access problems that some countries are going to face, but th- that's really going to buffer, uh, I think, the worst of the potential effects of this of this collapse. Yeah, let's talk a bit about it. I mean, this, this is, uh, as we see already, you know, wheat prices going up and wheat just touches so many products too. What do you anticipate? How big of a challenge is this, the collapse of this deal going to mean? Oh, you know, it, it's you know, first it's it's a it's a disappointment. Uh, as you were saying earlier, we we kind of knew this was happening. Yeah. We'd see, we 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 heard the noises. We saw the the you know the number of exports through the ports really really drop uh, since May. Um, so this wasn't totally uh, unexpected. Uh, Russia had been sending signals of how it was very dissatisfied, didn't want to extend again. But again. Um, uh, I think one of the things that has helped, you know, uh, not to have a repeat of what we saw last year when the invasion began, when price, you know, food prices jumped to record levels we, you know, hadn't seen and we've been experiencing rec- like new record levels every year, is that um, we kind of knew what was coming. We have these good harvests, and also the the land routes have gotten better through um, through eastern Ukraine, uh, sorry, western Ukraine into into Europe. So um, so we've had a year to sort of uh, find Plan Bs and and work around. So that's going to help mitigate um, this being a repeat of last year. That is positive. That, that, that's very, very good news. Um, when it comes to what it might mean for us in Canada, like we, we think of ourselves as being so far away from there, but it's all international, right? I mean, grain is an international commodity. So what happens there, even though the fact that we export most of our grain, we're not doing a whole lot of importing. The price is the price is the price. Doesn't matter where you are, right? Yes, I mean the, the price. The price is a is a global price, and uh, you know f- the trade flows follow the the global market price. So you know we are lucky as Canadians. We live in a country that produces so much food. We're such a major player in, in global export markets that you know the direct effect that we're going to feel. You know because even if the a price of ton of the wheat goes up, the difference that makes your own lo- the loaf of bread you buy at the grocery store is is quite marginal, right? So you're not going to see a big a big jump. But what we're going to see that those the, the the real painful effects are going to be particularly countries um, in sub-Saharan Africa in sort of the Middle East, which really depend on on those supply routes from from Ukraine and can't so easily source um, from elsewhere, right? So I think what we're going to sort of see from the Canadian side of things is like we're going to you know be buffered from the worst of the effects, but we're going to see the rest of the world um, hit hard. 
and talk about sort of what we can do as a country and what the West can do to help those countries that are going to experience, you know, major food price shocks and potentially, you know, very serious humanitarian situations and people in need. Yeah, no question. I mean, that that's why the deal was brokered in the first place was, you know, I mean, like millions and millions of people would be in a food scarcity situation immediately if the deal collapsed. So that's what we need to guard against. Every time I have one of these experts like, like yourself on, and I appreciate you being here, the, the question is always the same. Do you see relief? in the future for us. When we go to the grocery store, are we going to see prices that inflation start to ease anytime soon? Well, I mean, that, that's it's so hard to predict. It, right? it, it, it would have been impossible several years ago. But I mean, we have seen this trend line. So it's 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 something that we we, we we've really seen a shift since about 2008 when we had the global financial crisis and we actually had a, a big global food crisis at that point. And we start we saw prices start to increase uh, globally. And again, it's to a large extent, it has it's a story about energy prices. So if we can get a lid on energy prices and we can, this is a complicated problem, uh, not just because of sort of transitioning to uh, a green uh, green economy and green energy, but really the the energy component is is such a big player. And then also for can, us as Canadians, you know, a big thing depends on our exchange rates, the value of the dollar. You know, if we have a strong dollar, our food imports get a lot cheaper. We have a, a weak dollar, well, that you know, produce we buy from California that gets that gets expensive. Um, I'm sure you fault you know, we, we, over in Vancouver, we've been talking about uh, you know, really expensive lettuce for a while and. Uh, so, you know, if we can get the energy thing sorted out, we can get the economy kind of back on track. And uh, and if we can get sort of the, a strong Canadian dollar, I think the Canadians would, will begin to see some relief. Well, that's good. That That's what we're all watching for. That's what we're all hoping for. So uh, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Matthias, thank you so much for your insight. I appreciate you joining us today.